This is the Green Strength Podcast with Lucius Tyree IV, where the mission is building strength, enhancing performance, and uplifting consciousness. So tune in with the mind, body, and spirit, and let's get moving. Shanji, how many different, what, what, what kind of different ways do people pronounce your name? How many? Well, how what many? What people said? Okay. You know, like they go, what do they say? Raphael. Yeah, but Raphael. Well, yeah, Raph- usually it's like Raphael, 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 and Raphael. So that's not much. Raphael, Raphael. But uh, what's interesting when I moved, first moved to America, people were saying, oh, there's this new guy that moved here. Apparently he's really good. And I opened the forum. I swear, you know that movie where the guy has like 24 different personalities? Yeah, that, that split? Split, yeah. Could yeah, yeah. totally be me. Yeah. So, all right. Shonji, Shanji, Sanji, Xander, Zandi, Sanji. Oh my God. Shonji, Sanji. Like, Sanji, I get a lot of Sanji. I don't know why. Zandi, Shanji, Xander, Jandri, Sandri. Like, all different, like, combinations of a Z, X, and S, H's, and N, and then D's and G's, and. Like, even like, you know, Genghis Khan, like, yeah. some don't even go like Shanji, like, I was like a Genghis Khan. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so what, if you don't know, Alex is fine, you know, I'm okay with Alex, Alexandre, uh, it's fine, but I think just my whole name in America would be Alexander the Great. Yeah, I don't know. If you can say that, I'll take from you. <laughs> you ever listen to Dan Carlin's Hardcore History? No, it's uh. He had a, like, there's a podcast. He's got Dan Carlin's Hardcore History podcast. I think um, he's got some free stuff out, but most of them you have to pay just like a buck or so to, to get. Mm-hmm. But it is the most epic stuff. His delivery, first off, like his passion and the way he delivers history and the subject is insane. But he mm-hmm. did one, he's done several, but the one on the Mongols mm-hmm. is a must listen okay. thing. Right. So when you're traveling, listen to that. All right. That's just savagery upon best. They're they're like four hours long. They're really long. And they don't, so they don't come out like every week. He only releases them every once in a while, but Uh they're really long. He's got like a four part series on World War II, for example. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they're each like four hours long. So it's like listening to a book. Well, it's not like I'm not in airplanes and airports. (laughs) No, I know. (laughs) Yeah. But we are here with you, Xander, (laughs) Shanji. We're here with one of, I mean, a living samurai, um, my sensei, my friend, um, and also a very big influence in my life as far as uh, somebody I look up to and uh, gives me inspiration to to continue to try to be a better person. So um, why don't you tell the people a little bit about you, what you do? You are a, a professional strangler. <laughs> Well, um, first of all, uh, say hi to everyone in our Green Strength podcast. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here uh, speak with you all. Uh, like uh, we started the podcast, my real name is Alexandre. Um, I'm religion from Brazil. I'm 40 years old. And I've been a martial artist my, my whole life. You know, I remember the first time I trained something was judo. Um, you know, I have a, a gi, um, literally my Bagui, the, the top of it yeah. is this tall. So you can gather how, how big I was when I started judo. So my gi is this big, yeah. like two palms up, like maybe 12 inches tall. 
Um, you know, I think talking about accomplishment, seven-time world champion, uh, Jiu-Jitsu Hall of Fame, ADCC champion, I think every single thing that says championship in Jiu-Jitsu I have competed at. Yeah. All rule sets and everything else. But I would say that one of my biggest accomplishments is to be the coach, sensei, and friend of one of the greatest martial arts that exist, you know, Lovato, Rafael Lovato. Yeah. You know, Grand Slam champion, he have won everything of what, uh, Bellator champion, and we got to share that experience together. Uh, and I'm, you know what I mean? So that's me. I'm a teacher. I'm a student. I'm a father. I'm a lover. I'm a strangler. You know, put it out there. You know, I don't like to even say uh, I'm not much of a Seto Creed type of person. You know what I mean? Of course, my character is always my character. But, you know, some days I like mocha. Some days I go cappuccino. And that's all fine with that. Yeah. And you've got on the way a new academy opening in Austin. You've recently relocated. Yes. Um, I've been in the United States for about 20 years now. I'm probably the not the oldest, but like the first one of a whole generation to move to America. You know, I literally had to eat stones when, you know, there is no such thing as jujitsu business. You know, the, the Brazilian jujitsu industry, as far as martial arts go, there was no, I had like literally do ads on yellow pages, you know, people would call the academy. Hey, how much jujitsu? Oh, it's a hundred dollars. Oh, thank you. Bye. You know, there was no procedure. There's no, we just trained. There was no methodology because in Brazil, we didn't really care about that. People just train for train. So, uh, yeah, so I had that, but has never been my academy. Um, and I always travel. You know, my, my biggest thing in, in martial arts is I'm, I'm not just, uh, you know, my team consultant. I open schools all over the world, but I was also my jiu-jitsu ambassador. You know, I, I'm invited to go many places. Uh, usually I say I'm the rabbit's foot of a lot of academies because when people open academies, they tend to invite me to their seminars. And so far, every single school has been successful. Uh, and it, that's probably my main passion, Jiu-Jitsu, is to teach, go around the world. Um, you know, there was, there was moments I'll travel to places. I'll literally be dealing with like five different religions. You know, I'll go to Hindu, Catholicism and, and Muslims and everything else. But one thing is in common, Jiu-Jitsu. And for me, this is amazing because I can speak that language. And uh, after, you know, many thoughts and, and of course, my career now is coming to an end as far as like professionalism, meaning tournaments like world championships and, and things like that. I was still going to do super fights and world masters, but it's time to settle. And um, it's been a while since I've been pondering where the best place. So I, I, I chose Austin. Um, it's been in the works for the past four years that I've been planning. I've been looking, uh, trying to find where the best place is, where the city's growing and things like this. And I moved there a year ago and hopefully uh, July 2021, it will be open and ready to ready to rock. You know, for those who don't know, like how big of an, like an outreach you've been able to have. I mean, we're talking about you've been able to travel all over the world. Um, and just like connect with thousands upon thousands of people that literally connect with mm-hmm. hundreds and thousands of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so to like paint that picture for people, I mean, like if you're thinking, if you're listening to this, you've traveled around and been able to experience every culture. And it, the thing I think is like interesting with you is that you were able, like, there are people out there that teach jujitsu, mm-hmm. But there's still like there's an audience that they can never get to understand jujitsu. Mm-hmm. You can get every audience, mm-hmm. every age, any person to understand and enjoy and start to learn. Yeah, 
I think that's had to do with the way I was raised too, you know. Uh, Thank to my family. I, I went to the best school, so knowledge, uh, language. I think language is a big, big, big barrier with people, you know. Uh, I remember mom used to, I used to go to school during the day and go to, in Brazil, there's a lot of like after school programs for English. I'm like, why do I need English? She's like, I don't know, maybe what do you need? Funny thing, I'm in America. Uh, I can write, I can read, and I can actually express emotions through language. And I remember when I moved, first moved to America, um, the United States was very like robotic, you know, translating. Until one day I'm watching actually Chappelle show and I'm cracking up. Like I'm literally getting everything he's saying. I'm understanding his humor. And also I think moving to Ohio right away, it, it, it make a big impact because Ohio is like as America yeah. as America can be. Maybe if I have moved to California, maybe maybe my English should be very Brazilian or Florida or New York, those places that were like, there's a lot of like, you know, South American and Brazilian uh, influence. So I moved to Ohio and there was no Brazilians. Uh, there was no FaceTime, no nothing. They had like Orkut or or MySpace or that's that's how we communicate, you know, like even like the, the webcams are so bad. Like having a microphone was like, Wow, you know, like you were you were above average in technology. And I think that, that helped me a lot because I was able to connect with like so much people. I have never judged people. I just I'm 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 a I'm curious, like a little monkey, you yeah. know what I mean? I'm curious to know about people. Uh I when I sit and listen to them and, and like I said, I can express myself through the language. Uh I can be, you know, polite in many, many languages, but maybe not understand totally. And, and jiu-jitsu just gave me that weapon because I tried to connect, you know. I, I don't teach a move, you know. You're never going to see me, hey, this is how you do an arm bar, you know. I'm yeah. very like, this is why this is happening. This is what are you feeling. This is what maybe you're going to see happening, you know. Because mechanics, anyone can teach mechanics, you know. But but understanding why things happen, I think it needs a, a deeper connection with the person that you actually interacting with and I, and I love interaction you know yeah. I think that's why I was able to connect with so much people well that's mastery right yeah that's becoming a master of of you know jujitsu or or just martial arts in general is what mm -hmm. you're a master of but um Jeff and I have been having a lot of talks and everything keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper when we're talking mm -hmm. and that's just like what I've started to notice in the strength conditioning world you know following those like we've discussed you know maxwell and cotter mm -hmm. and uh the steves out there the powerful steves uh -huh. but it's like mastery of a tool and being yeah. able to literally communicate with anybody and get them mm -hmm. to understand one valuable thing that can mm -hmm. that can change their life in a way uh, that's the same thing i think about jiu-jitsu you know i like to understand fundamentalism of everything mm -hmm. you know like uh like i was even explaining people like uh i'm very happy now Happy and sad because it took me 20 years to be accepted in a, in a wrestling community. So I'm training with this high school team, the 512 Outlaw Wrestling. Yeah. But every time I learn wrestling, it's like the wrestler is thinking like a grappler. And he's teaching me wrestling for grappling. No, I, I, like, I like learning wrestling for wrestling because I right. want to understand what's through their mind. Yeah. Like when I learn boxing, well, because in the MMA, I say, I don't care about MMA. I want to learn the, the noble art. I want to learn Muay Thai from Muay Thai. I want to learn. And, yeah. and I think that's that's what happens, you know. So a lot of people ask me like, oh, 
what exercises are good? Kettlebells are good for jujitsu. I'm like, all of them. Learn kettlebell first because it makes you more intelligent, makes your neurological thinking, made your chain of kinetic power work, you know? So yeah. I get a lot of this. Why should I do yoga? Because everyone wants to know how does that going to happen in their jujitsu? I was like, first learn that, enjoy the art as an art itself. And maybe you're going to develop a way to to understand how that that helps jiu-jitsu. And yeah. I think that help that they actually work with you also because you didn't train jiu-jitsu. You're yeah. a conditioning guy. I'm like, all right, let me go into this world because now I can understand what maybe I'm talking about. Man, I had to I had to take a lot of like self-reflection with the ego because there was a time in which I think when we talk like in a, on an artistry mastery level, like we understand the same principles mm -hmm. that are like that connect between both of our arts that we teach. And so it took me a long time to like understand. I could almost see you or Professor Raphael just like teaching something or saying something. And I could see the deeper why, mm -hmm. but I hadn't put the time in physically to get myself to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. And that was like a weird thing. That was that weird it's kind of like, man, I understand what's going on here. And I see these things and I see the concept and the philosophy, but I got to go back to being a student in this art exactly, yeah. and actually, you know, figure out the balance of what I'm doing in life mm -hmm. and where I need to, to change to, to make this happen. Yeah. And, and how that can adapt to your expertise, you know, like, uh, like I tell people, I rather teach a brand new person that's someone that's very high level in something. I have a problem with Steve Max, Steve Carter, for example, because I can still see his idea of kettlebell in jiu-jitsu. You know, he's like, he goes from zero to boom. Like he, he has his spurs, you know, and, but he's very technical. And, 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 and I get frustrated when I say, when I see guys like Cameron, for example, because, also, in my brain, I have this huge expectation because Cameron, for example, he's a he's a movement guru. Yeah. And sometimes I teach him, okay, just except one foot after another, and he gets so complicated because they need also to understand how to go into the level of being a student to be able to like, okay, take the, everything out of the pocket, you know, just, just let it go. Mm -hmm. And then learn from the beginning, which I understand because, you know, Carter is what, 50s? Cameron is 50. So it's hard, you know what I mean? To, it, make, yeah. to make them go back to, to being a baby. But when you look at every great, every great just comes back to, to principles. Mm -hmm. And so are we, trying to think how I want to put this, are we almost like limiting, I feel like everybody needs to go back to respecting the foundational base level of all arts. Mm -hmm. And like, so movement wise, we need to strip ourselves back and really find out. Like this is exactly what you've been doing. You've been finding out how your body's moving. Yeah. At a, I mean, down to the this muscle's firing now mm -hmm. when this one should be. Yeah. You know, we've got to strip everything back, and we've got to learn that we've got to push, pull, squat, carry, crawl, mm -hmm. and that we've got to make this happen at a base level. Our tools, like our kettlebells, our um, our barbells, our maces, and things like. First, we all need to become that, that student that's mastered that blue belt curriculum. Yes, yeah, yes. And that freedom creates such a bigger pool. Yeah. And, and it's, it's almost like how I explain uh, people in, in my jiu-jitsu, right? It's like every tree has roots, it has a trunk, right? 
maybe I don't know if there's any biologist there that can say, okay, there's this, this exactly tree that does not have a, a, a root well, or a tree. It's got roots, deep roots. What's the difference between the trees? Some are venom, some are fruits, some are flowers. And I think that's the people. So me, you, and Jeff, we have same roots and same trunks. But you develop to be an apple, I'm a rose, and he's a pineapple <laughs> you know what i mean so and i think that's the beauty of it and the same thing with like weightlifting sometimes you know like i see you like i see a lot of like um conditioning coaches they like harder faster stronger but no like you need to make my body intelligent you need to make my make me understand as an art okay when i lift it when i hinge what am I using? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, when I'm squatting, what am I engaging? I talk a lot about engagement because when I fight jiu-jitsu, I'm, I never go into isometric. Literally, my jiu-jitsu stops on engagement. You're never going to see me squeezing. You're always going to see me engaging. That's why I talk about the diamond concept. It's not a squeeze. That's a it's not isometric. It's a nugget right there. Exactly, because like I see people like when they – just like saying when they did that lift, they, they, they jerked the, the, the bar up and say, well, where's the engagement? What yeah. muscle are you using? Are you becoming intelligent or are you just dumb yourself out? Yes. Because if you repeat a, move, a wrong movement a hundred times, you're not getting better. Oh, yeah, you train, you train a lot. But what is a lot? Oh, I train so hard. I'm like, what is hard? For me, it's about intelligent movement, intelligent capacity. It's the hardest thing, right? And getting, But the ego plays a role 100%. because we want to – we want to post on Instagram and bench press 400 pounds. I'm like, so what? You can bench press 400 pounds, but if I put my weight distribution on you and you don't know how to hipscape proper yeah. and connect your landmarks and do your proper connections, you're not going to escape my cycle tour. And guess what? You're going to guess how you're going to die. You know, and I think that's where people in, in the fitness, or I don't know if I would say fitness or conditioning, whatever industry we want to call this, especially for, for, for fighting. You know what I mean? You guys, which I think you do a, a, a master job, Rafael is out. I never see Rafael going to a practice saying, dude, I'm beat up from conditioning. You know what I mean? Some days, of course, volume of training yeah. uh, or, or, or that, but he's always in tune because in my opinion, conditioning is about teaching our body in a non-pressure environment, right? Like, for example, if I have to pick you up in a resting move, that's yeah pressure testing right? right if i'm deadlifting there so I, I have to like okay i'm focused i'm on myself i'm engaged those muscles again i'm just become more intelligent because the body has neurons too not just our brain our whole yeah, body is intelligent oh yeah, yeah everything yeah, yeah. is intelligent i remember like i see when you talk about okay, engage this squeeze the floor like you're not just telling me to lift 300 pounds it's how do i lift yeah it's the hows and the whys yeah if it's 100 kilos 120 kilos, it does not matter as, because our body is perfect. I always thought our body is perfect. But as long as we teach our body proper movement, your jiu-jitsu get better. <laughs> and it's a, ga it's a game yeah. of, you know, jiu-jitsu being a game of inches. Uh -huh. Jiu-jitsu players understanding when you talk about the details mm -hmm. of a move, everybody listens to the, the, the Hall of Famer, mm -hmm. you know, but that's what we're asking everybody to do in every art. Yeah. You've got to slow down and find the details yeah. of the squat, yeah. the details of bending over. Mm -hmm. And let me ask you, we had a, I've been saying that the best strength conditioning program for grappling is 
getting what I consider people back to a baseline human level. So I take grappling away from what I'm looking at and I say humans are supposed to be able to crawl, run, jump, climb, have a level of, of aerobic base, have a level of, of go and a strength and a confidence. There are different types of human beings. So the dosage and the balance of that is different from, from everybody. And there's a world of things we can kind of pick and employ over time, but none of that matters until the baseline is reached. Mm-hmm. And everybody in the strength conditioning world is trying, they're putting out programs. They're putting out all these things that you see. And it's like, I can, I can back up the science on all of it because I see the book that they're pulling it from. It's like, yeah, great science. But I've been around you guys. I've been around mm-hmm. some of the best grapplers in the world. And you can't lay out a four-week program and follow that. Mm-hmm. I've never been able to have like two weeks where I'm not altering mm-hmm. every day with Raphael. And it's little things just like you'd never think a, you can't do a pull-up or a kettlebell swing. But fingers, hands, elbows, all these things are just mm-hmm. – so then you start thinking, I've got to make sure that baseline fundamental human movement is as healthy as it can possibly be. Mm-hmm. And in turn, that creates a healthier, stronger grappler Exactly. than when people are trying to start this deadlift program or start this crazy, crazy cardio program, and they're just burning themselves into the ground. Yeah, I, I believe the same. You know, Like I said, uh, the dosage is not the same. You yeah. can't like, uh, you know, when you go to a gym, for example, and you tell, and you look at the workout of the day, okay, box jumps. It might be some person that has like an Achilles problem and, and they, can, they can't box jump. Yeah. You know, so I think that the strength and conditioning world, it's very, and like I said, today I want mocha, tomorrow is a cappuccino. Like maybe, just as examples, maybe today... All right, Sean, I'm going to make you crawl and pull this thing. Maybe in your idea yesterday, right? But maybe I, I hurt my wrist. I cannot use that, which means if my wrist is hurt, my shoulder gets compromised. Now I have to do something else. You know, and, and again, uh, and also I think the ego of conditioning coaches, in my opinion, which is in general life, they want to be the person that they want to be able to say, I did that for this guy. They want to be responsible. They want to sure. be responsible for this. You know what I mean? And, and, and when I see guys and I'm, and I've been around the greatest people, yeah. you know, I remember, I remember the first time, uh, you know, I came from Brazil, this idea of faster, harder, stronger. Right. And I'm training with Steve Maxwell. Right. And I think he has a lot of the Russian idea. Right. And if you look at Russians, they don't get tired. You know what I mean? And they do something so simple. So anyway, I remember working now with him and I'm like, that's it? Like, I'm like, like no, 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 you're good. Are you, are you excited? Are you, are you feeling good? I'm like, yeah, so now, now use that in jiu-jitsu. But in my mind, I wasn't confident because right. I say, because I'm not exhausted, which is the first idea. Because anyone can make, okay, I can make you do 100 burpees and you're going to, oh, great. I sweat a lot, but guess what? You're dead. And, 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 and I was like, Whoa. And I would, go like, I would go like, Steve, so what are we doing today? He's like, oh, let me see how you feel. So your ankle's okay. Your hand's okay. Your neck's okay. Uh, do you train yesterday? Is there anything you think it's, 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 it's working? You, need, you think you need to get stronger? Uh, are you tweaked? So there's this conversation before yeah, anything. 100%. You know, and he, he, he does based on that, you know? Yeah. And again, it's like, look, don't do anything that's going to strain you. You know what I mean? And then, of course, Steve Carter and then meeting you. I uh, remember back in the day, the Brazilian guys, uh, Paulo, uh, Pimentel, like yeah. they're all the same idea because they're just people that train jiu-jitsu. They understood and they never wanted to do anything. 
So that was it. just a parenthesis here. That was a show, a jiu-jitsu show. And this guy literally said like this, well, because to do conditioning for a guard player is different to the passer. I was like, how can he make that affirm- that statement? What happened when the guard player is on the top? Like, I can understand that maybe, okay, I want your legs stronger for the guard, but it's still baseline strength. Yeah. Oh, you're a top player. Maybe let's go and do glute and your back stronger, but still a baseline strength, which... Yeah. So the guy make that statement because he's in national television and he wants to look cool. Well, what's, what's up with that? You know what I mean? Yeah. And also nothing, nothing recreates the functionality of fighting. No. And we have to look at the body as a living organism mm-hmm. that has also psychological things. You've been around some of the fittest men on earth and some of the best coaches mm-hmm. on earth. And I think you just said it, but I want I want everybody to be able to hear it. Every real badass strength conditioning coach or fit person is very intuitive. Mm-hmm. They change and they go day by day. They, go day they by don't day. write shit out for weeks upon weeks. The only time that, that stuff is necessary is when you have a highly specific goal. Like my buddy uh, Blaine Sumner, the Vanilla Gorilla, he just had a birthday yesterday. Mm-hmm. So shout out to my boy Blaine, Blaine uh, Sumner. But he's one of the world's greatest squatters of all mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And squatting a thousand plus pounds takes a yeah. workup and it takes sacrifice. And this, the crazy thing is it takes a level of destruction, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what it's like uh, at the highest level in grappling. Like you have your, your career, your training time and everything kind of where you, you stay feeling good. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, that when it's the big time tournament, when it's ADCC, like training, the balance of things has to change a little mm-hmm, bit. Mm-hmm. So we do need that hard side. Yeah. But it needs to be in such a small dosage. Exactly. And you so know, controlled. Exactly. Because it's it's unpredictable. Yeah. Fighting is unpredictable. I can tweak my neck. I can tweak my hand. I can bust my knee. Maybe today instead of being okay. And also, how can you say that a training, a grappling training is not going to be intense? It can just turn intense right away. Yeah. Like even me, Rafael, yesterday, we were training. Next thing I know, we're grappling for 30 minutes. Of course, we, we know how to dose it, but that could be just like so straining. And guess what? Today, we're supposed to be hard conditioning. No, yeah. look, let's just do legs. I want to, like today, I, I never done the machine. I say, hey, can I understand the machine? So I'm understanding the machine because I'm curious how I can use yeah. the machine. And, and, and you know, and next thing I know, I'm, I'm lifting four, five, six plaques that I could not lift over my back. You know, of course. And I went to train a little bit today. My legs... It's a little sore and I can't, you know, do the same strength. But I understood what I came here to understand because, you know, I'm off season. I just want to be stronger, you know. And, and again, I think, again, it's quality of movement as a, as a prime on human, you know, like you said. You know, and, and, and jiu-jitsu is such a grappling, I say, is such a new sport, at least for the general public, maybe wrestling or thing. But, but jiu-jitsu, like... The, the systems, the energy system they're used in jiu-jitsu, you can't, you can't say, you can't make a statement is aerobic, anaerobic, or sympathetic, whatever you call this different energy systems, right? Yeah. Maybe we are talking about this. Yeah. So you, you can't measure because it can't change at any time. Yeah. That's the way I breathe. That's the way I squeeze. That if I'm at the top, if I'm at the top, 
maybe I can breathe. If I'm on the bottom, maybe I cannot. You know, we never know. Would, would you say that almost your mindset, like your psychological calmness and ability to control in the heat of the moment, that does more for oh yes conditioning than Denise, any anything, actual work. Anything. I, I 100% any, believe that. Anything. I take my time. Uh, I thank all my masters that taught me breathing, yoga, and all that. It's a, again, everything that I do, when I teach, this is an example, believe me, I understand more about myself than anything else. Yeah. You know, when I breathe, when I put myself in bad position, what type of person do I become in each situation possible? And of course, like here. I train, exactly, yeah. I train with Saulo. And that guy is just pure pressure. So for me, nothing in the world will scare me. I fought Roger Gracie eight times. That's the scariest thing ever. You know, Braulio Stima. So I being around the scariest man in Jiu-Jitsu, mm-hmm. nothing else scares me. Maybe a couple guys nowadays, the Foot Locker guys, maybe concern me, but doesn't scare me. So, and I think that sense of the yin and yang or the balance of using breath, emotional intelligence, and with the technique, it balances it out. So yeah. when do I really need to explode? When do I really need to just like argh, go for broke? You know what I mean? So I think that understanding, it helps you. And plus, you know, I we have the gift of camera Shane. You know, every time I'm with him, I'm like, okay, I just changed the way I do that technique. Hey. Literally, when I watch him, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this technique like that. Yeah. Even the diamond, the elegance, I've changed that thing 10 times. That's that's a That's a funny subject because you know that honestly that's one of the most one of the things i love about myself that i'm i'm happy that i've been able to do as a strength conditioning coach whatever the heck you want to call us is facilitate the right people around people you know um for those of you who don't know like literally rafael and i were let me backtrack a little bit i had a, I had a girlfriend that was that was studying doing teacher training from cameron and so i was actually watching all of his videos far before Cameron was anybody knew of, of who he was around here. And then um, all of a sudden, my girlfriend was actually teaching Budokan yoga in Lovato's at that period of time. And nobody, nobody had known. Um, so a couple of years later, Raphael and I are on a walk after we did some hill sprints and stuff. And he was telling me about some strange guy who messaged him on Instagram or Facebook and stuff. And then it sounded like Cameron, like when he was describing this person. And so, you know, I was like, is that Cameron Shane? He said, oh, yeah, that's who it is. And I was like, well, dude, tell him let's go to Miami. Mm. And then watching that. But the, I think the cool part about that is before that, I was trying to get him to slow down. Mm. Like, but I'm not the like, I don't exude the yoga side to him. I can't get it in his head. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know it. I understand things. But I wasn't able to, like, get him to fully understand and switch. Mm-hmm. And then Cameron kind of presented himself right in that time. It was almost perfect. It's like, go, mm-hmm. go, like, learn this because I need somebody to slow you down. Yeah. I need somebody to start to, to bring that balance mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. And that's the beautiful thing about, like, just all teachers and all forms of art being able to, to share and, and help out with the correct dosage here and there. Yeah, and, and I think it's collective wisdom. 
Yeah. You know, uh, the first time I had contact with movement was Jonas Cantura Alvaro. And I was like, yes. whoa, I want to move like that. You know, fire breath and understanding how to make the breath. That's the first time. I think it was like 2000. I was 19 years old. That was the first yeah. time I'm learning how to do Kapala bodies and, and, and you know, massages and, and movement yeah. and, and things like that. So, and I said, wow. And I can't, like I said, my brain just goes like, okay, Jiu-Jitsu here, Jiu-Jitsu there. That's half guard. That's like, you know, total mm -hmm. control. And then Budokon came in. And, the, and, and, and what I what I love about Budokan, for example, is not just movement; is the expression. It's the expression of of epitome of what I'm what we're talking about. Yes, what the human should be able to do. Yes, you know what I mean. Because like like gymnastics natural, uh, I think it's more into like if I have to make a differentiation, gymnastics natural became more of a fitness movement. It's just the movement, boom, boom, boom. Series so, like yeah, boom. what I like about Budokan is there. There's expression. I think he calls the female side of it. You know, I mean, it's be able to to disconstruct the movement to allow flow. And then I think that's what jujitsu like. Um, like one thing that I always done very um, even like without thinking about it. Like if you hold my arm, I'm able to just numb that, and everything else just move like I'm a blob mm -hmm. or like a, like a. Like yeah. Like an octopus, you know, and I remember people talk about Hickson, how like, if you push Hicks on this side, he can breathe on that side. I'm like, oh, okay. People would smash me up, be like, okay, I can breathe through here. I can, and then Alvaro like, okay, there's diaphragm, there's intercostal breathing, there's higher breathing. Like, okay. So I guess I can breathe with my back. I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, this thing really works, you know? So all of that, which I love about, which I try to bring to Jiu-Jitsu is to express yourself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and and the same thing when you learn, when you learn lifting, let's put that way, you learn to express yourself through the movement. So lifting a bench press is a form to express yourself. It's still jujitsu. Even though you're doing power, the engagement of the proper muscles make you more efficient. Yeah. And, and that's how I see everything and, and movement itself and like I said, what muscles am I using? I'm like super geeked out about it. Yeah, know? but you, you're developing a, a thought process. Yeah. Like a, a and, and going back to what you're saying, just uh, interrupt a little bit. And I think our team is just driving the right people to get yeah. it to us. You know, we have Cameron, we have you, uh, myself, Rafael, and then Mauricio with the Muay Thai. Oh, yes. And then we have the yogis, you know, and, and I have my yogi guy in Bali that we can go there and train with him. He's a Brahminian from India. And then we have uh, Chris Knott and then Steve. So we have the best kettlebell guys, the best lifting guys, the best mace guys, the best movement guy, and the best jiu-jitsu guys, you know, because we're, we're cool. <laughs> Before we move on, I want to ask one question off of this. I want to ask both of you guys, like, what's the, what, what is that quote? Um, like, a, it's the student teacher quote, like, a, you know, the teacher never, or the student never finds the teacher. Uh, when the, when the student's ready, the ready, teacher will appear. The teacher will appear. Okay. So that is never, I mean, that's so true. Yeah. What do we, because when I look at that, when I talk to Jeff about this kind of thing last in the gym, it's kind of like. There's the, there's the people that I can, I can look to Jeff and I don't have to coach. I can communicate mm -hmm. the language. And then there are just a few levels that just keep kind of trickling down. That's one thing I do. Like I see with that is I can do a lot. I can teach them rolling patterns and then I can literally watch them go into Cameron's workshop last week and do the same rolling patterns that they do every day, but they didn't 
there's the, they were ready there. Yeah. It's that moment. And we need those things. And sometimes I feel like the common thing, like when we get that moment, it's when we fully become accepting of, of ourselves mm-hmm. and we start to look at ourselves and we start to like look at how we can get better where we need to improve mm-hmm. our, we kind of disassociate ego with ourselves and mm-hmm. then we're able to really take the lesson yeah. and feel it. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, is, is, is the, is the language, you know, sometimes I tell people like to do the same movement. Yeah. Go here. Yes. And there's a white bell that tells a guy the same thing I just said, and he can do it. You know, it's so impressive, you know, the, the, yeah. the human, the human, the attachment that we have over things you know, it, it, it's so amazing. And like, even now, I always had this problem that first people want to prove to me that they're good. So that's like, when I have my students, I have this, there's so many layers that I have to break my students before they even become themselves. I can have a school, Dort, Dort, Lovato. People that vibrate in my energy are going to choose me. People that vibrate in his energy going to choose him. 100%. And I think that's how that's how even go to teaching. Sometimes like Sean's the greatest teacher ever. Yeah, I'm the greatest teacher, but I I I'm a hundred percent sure that maybe thirty percent of the people are gonna get everything you say. The other seventy, they might fake they do. But maybe the week after, Jeff gonna be like, "Hey, do you remember what Sean said? Now the guy get it. It's so impressive." And I, even, I tease so people say, "Oh, just because this guy said, the now you get it." Selfishness of a teacher is what it is, right? When a teacher becomes unselfish. Mm-hmm. And likes to see it click, you know. Mm-hmm. If I can see you teach somebody a fitness thing and it clicks to them, mm-hmm. that should be a beautiful thing. Oh, yeah, now it's, it's shared. Yeah, it's shared. Yeah, yeah. that's how, that's how I see. And and for me, I love sharing. I teach everything I know, how I know. Yeah. Sometimes I think my language goes a little PhD level, and I need to like slow down and remember that people can understand that. That's funny you're saying that about Cameron though, because I feel like I was the same way. So uh-huh. I didn't want to stand yeah. up and get swept. Yeah, I just want to win for the yeah. team. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. no. But but I tell no. people that that being in competition, it, it's a selfish moment, and you you need to allow yourself the selfish. It's about you. It's about no one else. Because I cannot pull the trigger. I cannot feel what you're feeling. I can direct you. I can push you. I can motivate you to. And and like I said, I'll never tell someone to jump. Just because I said so. If I tell, hey man, stand the fuck up, it's because maybe that's the only thing left for you to do, or yeah. you're gonna just settle there, you know. And and of course, there's there's levels. Sometimes maybe you didn't do it because my voice didn't went all the way. Maybe didn't. if Jeff have said, yeah, <laughs> would just like boom, oh, it clicks. Yep. You know what I mean? Uh, which is interesting because there was one time uh, I was fighting Pejupan in Manaus and I could only hear my niece. There's like literally a thousand people and I could only hear her and it's all the kids battling each other because the kid was that I could not hear my coach. It's just that voice that that just connects with you. Such a, you know, yeah, there's so much going on. Sometimes I go like, let's go do this, do this, they don't do it. And then yeah. there's one guy that just goes like this, move to the right, boom, they move to the right. It's, yeah. it's humans man like I know that's the thing it's amazing so do you remember the first time you met Jeff do you remember what you did he was him? telling about the story <laughs> you were kind of I don't know if it like was your greatest him? teaching moment 
Like, it was for me. I needed oh, it at the okay. time. Did they bitch at him? Did they make fun of it? Because I have a very sarcastic, ironic way to tweet sometimes. I, I think you had the walk coming right into the academy, the, um, the, the Shanji walk. Well, yeah. like I said, the thing when I teach, it's which people tell me, hey, you got to watch out who you joke with or not. Because for me, if I have to put a mask and teach, I'm not going to do it. When I get aggravated about something or I get too comfortable, I cuss a little bit. You know what I mean? But I'm not going to be it. So maybe I'll say, come on. Maybe I'll be just like, hey, man, whatever. You know what I mean? Maybe, hey, I'm the only bald guy here. Like, I don't know. I would just share, share. Sure. So this is a this was a profound moment for me in my jujitsu career. Okay. Uh, interestingly, is that, is that an irony? yeah, this has been it's I don't know it's probably been two three years ago something like that, and we were you were coming in to do a, a seminar at our old location, and we're on the the second mat waiting for like the kids class to finish up on the first mat. And there's probably forty or fifty of us in here. And I had one of my buddies come in and he said, hey, I saw this uh, worm guard defense on Instagram or something. He said, put me in worm guard and, and, and let me try it. And you walked in right as I'm putting him into worm guard and you kind of look around the room and you look at me and you just say, that's bullshit jujitsu. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is where I die. This is where my jujitsu career ends. I did. I did. I was like, I went into defense mode and I was like, no, 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 no. Uh, we were just working on defenses to it. Uh, and so Shanji comes over and he goes, put me in it. And I'm like, okay, now this is where I die. This is where my jujitsu career ends. And you, you just, you showed us a, like a worm guard defense and it, it, it was a really interesting moment because it was before anything started, but you came over, you gave us this little private lesson on a worm guard defense. And it's funny because I've actually used it probably four or five times, mainly on people who came in visiting from other academies that play a lot of lapel stuff. And mm -hmm. every time I've done it, I like smile and I start to think is all I can picture is Shanji walking in and saying, that's bullshit jujitsu as I like use Shanji's technique. Okay, to, that's actually a good story. Beat it. So it, it was a good story, but it actually kind of like really struck me as, cause I was in a moment at, at my time in jujitsu then where I was like, you know, I, to get better, I need to accumulate more techniques. I need to know more things. And I was a, a blue belt at this point. Mm -hmm. So I had been through all of our fundamental curriculum. And it was like, oh, well, I need that more advanced thing to get better. That's how I'm going to beat people. That's how I'm going to do better. But then I think that same seminar, you taught um, some some butterfly guard stuff, right? And you're like, it's old school butterfly. And I'm like, I don't know. I just don't know that this is going to work for me. I just didn't it, didn't, it didn't hit me at that moment. But then a week, two weeks, three weeks later, it's like you just, you make that technique that Shanji showed a few weeks earlier work and you're like, okay, I don't need just more stuff. I don't need more things. I need to accept where I'm at now. I need to just keep working the things. If it doesn't make sense now, like still stick to those fundamentals, like whether it's in fitness, jujitsu, whatever, you've really got to embrace those fundamentals and not just be like, oh, I want to do the cool stuff. I want to do the fancy stuff or whatever. It's like, you don't, you don't have to. I mean, guys like you and Professor Raphael, I mean, you've made your career on like perfected, mastered, fundamental techniques you don't have to do a million different things or you know it, it could because what you do you've taken the fundamentals and perfected them and they will work all the time and so it was actually kind of like a pretty profound moment for me but it's also really funny to like the first time i've ever mm -hmm. spoken a word to you is mm -hmm. you looking at what i was doing and telling me it was bullshit which so, was kind of funny well, we got to connect right away we got to touch <laughs> each other right away you usually don't touch people which which it, it kind of goes back, like for example, um, like let's let's make a parallel with fitness, right? Sometimes you need to understand how to do a bicep curl, right? 
but it doesn't mean the bicep curl is what matters unless you want to build your biceps, you know? Uh, there was a time in my life that I did get, got very, uh, very vocal about like 50-50, like, you know, and I see all my guys trying to do that stuff. I'm like, guys, we're not this. So I have a story with Raphael that made him change even the way he was, because he was trying to like do this new stuff. And, you know, we're talking and da, 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 and he's doing stuff. And I literally call his shit, you know, like this, this is stupid, right? And he goes to me like this, you calling my shit stupid. I'm like, first of all, it's not your shit. God, this is not you. This is something else's shit that you're trying to do. Because as far as I know, you're fucking pressure. You're smashing. You're finishing people. And he, he had nothing to say. And he was like, but I know because, you know, Rafael is like, because I guess he felt insulted at that moment. But guess what? Next thing I know, he's doing pressure passing people and going back to where he belongs. So, and I was going to that, oh, this is shit, you know, this is, don't do that. But then I started to see all my students losing on that thing. I was like, okay, we're not going to do it, but we're going to understand it. And guess what? We figure out ways to get out of it. All right, maybe you want to learn. Maybe that's something that adapts your game. Great, you adapt to your game. And the way I see about jiu-jitsu is like this. I have my belief, right? Or maybe whatever, I'm a Christian, right? I can read about Islam. I can read about, you know, Mormonism. I can read about Hinduism. And maybe I can actually acquire some knowledge from that that will yeah. make me more knowledgeable. Not just knowledgeable, but that may be a better person. So that that's what it is. So... In jiu-jitsu, you don't have to learn that, and now you're that. And now you lose who you are. You know, And I think jiu-jitsu, my belief in jiu-jitsu is as much as you know who you are, better as your jiu-jitsu is. Because there's no old technique or new technique. That's what works at that specific moment. right? And for me, side control, mount, half guard, they're all the same. It can be a hundred years from now. It's still your legs around my legs and my neck, my hand around your neck. And that's never yeah. going to change. Whatever happens in between that, it made that different. Maybe the grip is here, the grip is there. Two limbs, two legs, two arms. Between your elbows, it's all the same thing. Your neck is in the same place. It's not going to change. So, and that's how I see jiu-jitsu, you know. I learned all of this to acquire more data. Right. You know, I can see different things. Okay, I can see he's doing this. I can see he's doing that. Oh, he's doing the lapel. That's how I defend. But once that's go that's all gone. Go back to who you go are. Go back, go back who you are. And that's okay. You know? Yeah. And uh again, sorry guy, that's not bullshit jujitsu. It works for people to win championships. But then what? Do you remember where we were two years ago? this time oh yeah we were waking we're, up hungover off donuts london london uh, that trip was Something. incredible oh yeah that trip was one of the coolest days of my life or a couple of weeks of my life there uh, how about that time we did a little neon belly with haja's father oh See, still hurts my chest <laughs> that was the coolest thing ever yeah, yeah i was yeah. like I remember walking in there and uh, you ran up to him and gave him a big hug and you said something that you'd waited 12 years to learn a technique. Uh, uh -huh. And I was kind of like, who is this? <laughs> and Raphael gave me that look and he was like, 
Assage's father. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is about to be cool. Yeah. yeah you know? Yeah. Um, but then he gave you, you know, you guys did your uh, thing on the mat and uh, you were uh, gracious enough to bring me over there to be the Uki. Yeah, yeah. Because you have a strong chest. So I knew <laughs> yeah. that's going to be painful. I got a pretty badass video of me uh -huh. just taking knees from you uh -huh. and then. Oh man, both yeah, of you guys. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm a pleaser. I'm always gonna please people, and I know the old school guys. You know, they are forgotten history. You know what I mean? And uh, I love giving them props. Like, like I said, man. Like, okay, hey, can I learn this from you? Um, especially because I suffer a lot because every time I'm in a room, people expect me to teach. People expect me to know the answers, but I like to learn. I mm. like, again, sometimes it's not just about the arm lock. It's about how you communicate that. For me, yeah. the way you communicate something is greater than the technique itself. You know, so I'll give an example. One time I was in Panama and uh, this guy was so nervous. And it was a big team. It's, it's like a, it's a, it's a hotel on the beach. And they, and they do have jujitsu offer for the clients for the for the so there was this pretty like six guys that had no clue what jujitsu was, and he's like oh, like he wanted me to line up in front I'm like no no today I'm a student guys and so he introduced me whatever, and I'm there, and um, you know I was like okay so we warm up and I'm a student right because I love being a student. So time to for him to teach a technique. He did not teach what he's supposed to teach for those five people. He tried to impress me. Halfway through his teachings, I'm like, what the fuck? And I actually told him that later, right? If I had to give a name for the technique, it's like, you know what I mean? It would be a sentence, the whole name, you know what I mean? She, imagine if you're a white belt, like you, you don't even know what jiu-jitsu is, right? You think jiu-jitsu is like hoist gracie, right? In self-defense. And the guy teach like a shin to shi lapel, overhand, backstep, pass. That's how I would transcribe what he's trying to teach. And I see those guys like, and I told the guy, hey, just cross your knee. And they go, oh, wow. Like, that was like a wow moment. He just crossed the knee and landed side control. And then, and then I told the guy, I say, I say, can you say something? I say, well, I told him like, you try to impress me, but how, you know how it would impress me the most? How you communicate yeah. your arm lock to that white belt. Because that's my struggle. Yeah. How am I going to communicate to a nobody? Yeah. You know, like between quotes. How can I communicate? That's why I love watching, you know, Hero Hanner, the Valente Brothers, because they're masters in communicating. Yeah. To they do some great stuff. People that know zero jiu-jitsu. I'm really good to communicate with people that do know jiu-jitsu. Because the past 10 years, I've only taught people that know jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And having my school, for me, I'm so excited because I get to go back. Get to bring in some day ones. Bring day ones. I say, yeah. how am I going to communicate this? And yeah. that's actually going to make my advanced jiu-jitsu better. That's exciting. Oh, so Part exciting. of the, yeah, yeah. Of, the, of the journey. So going back to that London trip, what... Do you remember when we were in that yoga studio? Uh, we went there several times, and we went and used that room. I don't think I was. I didn't arrive that. No, 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 no. You weren't there yet. No, I wasn't there, there yet. yet. We went there one day. Okay, so we went to that yoga studio, and I remember because I talked to you a couple times on text message because it was uh -huh. like, uh, 
shit's not so great uh-huh. here right now. Uh-huh. We didn't have a very good sleeping schedule. And uh-huh. There was just some stuff with the uh-huh. hamstring. Uh-huh. And I, I remember going in and watching Raphael try to uh, kind of just do some some pad work that wasn't happening because the leg. Mm-hmm. He was a little discouraged. He got down on the ground. Cam started trying to just do some basic rolling patterns with mm-hmm. him. And none of that was, I mean, the brain, him, he was yeah. already in that, that mm-hmm. head space. And mm-hmm. just nothing was feeling good. And it was kind of the last time that that happened. And it got really weird. And I remember asking him, I just kind of looked at him. And I, I don't even know why I said it, but it was the first thing that came to my mind. It's like, okay, you're three, four days. I can't remember how many days away from way and it was. But it was like, are you gonna, are you gonna fight? Like, are you gonna be okay to fight? Mm-hmm. And uh, he took like three or four minutes, like, and just started crying. And mm-hmm. he was by himself, and, I, and we were all sitting there. I looked at Chris. Chris kind of just gave me that, like, I don't know. And nobody said anything. Mm-hmm. And he got up, and he turned around, and he looked as we were walking right out, and he walked right by me, and he was like, I'm done. And. I remember it distinctly because like we never had a hamstring problem after that. Mm-hmm. He never put himself in a situation to even have it again. It was kind of like, look, I'm done. I'm past the space. There's no more tears. I'm moving forward. There's no pad work. That's got to be right now. It's here yeah. and it's, it's tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. And I remember like literally walking out of that room and I was like, okay, like I looked back at Chris and I was like, it's fucking game on. Like game on. Yeah. This guy's going to fucking do it. Yeah. And then uh, the fifth round, somebody you've trained so long with, like, and taught and been by side brother for, you know, you know, up in Ohio when you guys mm-hmm. were scrapping like young. Mm-hmm. What was going on through your head when it was like fifth round? These two guys are going to come back in the cage. Gay guard is on a two round kind of roll there, looking like mm-hmm. gay guard. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to walk you down in the fifth, and I'm going to fucking hurt you this time. But there wasn't any of that. Yeah. And you knew it, didn't you? Well, I remember. I think, like, I would like to see this, like, an image of it because I kept, like, going over the cage. It was so funny because, I was, like, my hip would be on the cage and I'd be telling him. I just had to go big, bro. I say, you give me this fucking round. I just told him that. There's nothing I can do. I say, bro, he's in the last round, the best round. Give me this fucking round. For our friendship, I want that round. Give yeah. it to me, that motherfucker. You know that motherfucker right there? You're going to take him down, and you're going to win this. And you're going to finish this strong. I don't give a fuck. Something along those lines. Yeah. So I had to bring, like, give me the round. Like, I don't know what you're thinking. Like, I don't know what I mean to you or you mean to yourself. Yeah. Like, you deserve the round. Because there was situations that, like, that to his grappling career, he lost in the last minute. You know what I mean? And that's what really was going through my mind. So I said, Just don't let this be that time. Don't yeah. let it be that time. I say, you give me the round. You better <laughs> give me this. You know? I don't know if I said that. I'm just, I'm just going back to that moment. And he, he did it, bro. Like, you know, he I took know, as man. a champ. He, he, he dominated ch- for four Channeled minutes. all the energy and just went out there and yeah. pushed the pace yeah, like I he does. Him, you give me that round. You deserve that round. It's our fucking round. And that's it. You're going to finish it. You dial your leg and you don't give a fuck what you're going to do. But you're going to win this round. Yeah. You know what I mean? Take it. And he took it. And, uh, you know, like he told his story many times. And uh, he took me to surprise when he told me all the carbonoma, all that stuff. And uh, I don't think anybody... I know there's a lot of shitty fight camps out there, especially for big fights, but I don't think people could understand 
that, that everything that happened. Well, and, and the thing is, we're fighting Gagar Musasi, dude. <laughs> Like, you You're know, fighting Gegard Musasi. Dude, it's Gegard Musasi. It's Gegard Musasi. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. A guy that I had nightmares with this little guy since he freaking stomped Jacare in Japan. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, it's not happening. That, that motherfucker is not going to beat another guy of mine. Like, it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? And, and we're training for him. He's super confident. He's looking past Rafael. And I had a little talk to him. I said, bro, he's looking past you. Like, I had like... Because I didn't know, like, his mindset, and I knew how hard it was the game. So I had to bring some some anger or something, you know what I mean? And say, that motherfucker looks past you. Yeah, He's not looking past you, bro. You're going to fuck no, him up. No, man. That's, that was, a, that was it's just a great experience. Because from that moment on, that story I told earlier, his swag, the energy changed. Then oh, it yeah. was a press conference, and it was a way, and it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. this and is... And we shopping for his shoes. Oh, yeah. The I biggest mean, problem of the whole... Everything's dude, driving me crazy. The biggest issue in the whole trip was the he shoes. looked his shoes, man. The shoes. Dude, it's like, oh, my shoes. Like, it's me and Cameron. We're in the mall. And the like, mall is we're going to go shopping. We're going to go like, shop. And he's like, the shoe, the shoe. Like, oh, no. Like, he chose all these weird shoes. I'm like, bro, all right, look at the shoe. If you put... Suit, great. If you put a suit pants with a nice white shirt, you great. So I kept giving him like all the examples. Yeah, why he should beat the shoe, and he finally got it. Freaking three hundred euro. Oh, dude, I remember. Shoe. Yeah, because I was just like thinking, well, this hamstring is a really a problem. Like we should just not be on our feet as much as we can. It's like okay, go shopping, and then the dinner, the dinner the night before. Um, that was like making my stomach, my stomach, you know, churn because like as the guy doing the nutrition and the weight cut for him, I'm thinking like fight after the fight is when we can put shit in our body. Like I don't want any bad oils. I don't want anything. I want to control everything. Mm-hmm. I want good nutritious food. I want you in your bed by a reasonable time. We don't need to be getting that. That dinner was lit, man. Yeah. We had a a great time oh yeah that was everybody awesome. everybody was but you know what the dinner taught me is like i felt it at the dinner like it was like it doesn't matter that we're out a little late the night before the fight it doesn't matter that part of the table is drinking and celebrating and enjoying yeah. themselves yeah, yeah. this dude is receiving all of this love and energy yeah, yeah. that's going to carry him tomorrow love and nutrition oh dude it was awesome i think everybody was in tears oh, in a way yeah. it was beautiful we were like taking a picture we all we're all for him you know and, yeah and i remember me and mauricio everybody went out me and mauricio went out and had a beer we were talking and we we laughing and uh we slept together me and mauricio in his little room you know because rafael got this airbnb yeah and he looked at me and said hey bro uh because the end was gonna go i say i know yeah you slept in that little bed dude I swear the bed I is the picture. a little bigger than this table, and uh, literally, I'm I'm six foot. Rafael is six three, right? Six yeah. four. Like my head was touching the the wall, and my tippy toes was t- was reaching <laughs> the other wall. And I kept teasing Mauricio, like I kept like pushing, just hit my head just to fuck yeah. him a little bit. And he's like, Mauricio, nobody gonna even believe. The world champion coaches are sleeping in a fucking little bed. <laughs> you know what I mean? They barely fit us. You know that everything about that trip was amazing, man. And, yeah. And the and the Musashi coaches tried to tell him shit and cussing at me and people. I know. Everything was. It was it was awesome, and yeah. and 
you know, I want to I want to thank you because you have been a, a big part. Like you've made this possible. Like I looked up to I looked into martial arts. I loved martial arts. I saw that first uh, Ultimate Fighter, and I was like, this is awesome. And as a strength conditioning coach, it it would be cool to be involved in something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, to not not it be like a client, it be a, a family, brotherhood, mm-hmm. and people that I could like you know share this memory for the rest of my life, but. Mm-hmm. You know, you and your teachings have made me a world champion coach, and I'm uh, forever grateful. I I love it, man. Man, it's there's more to come. This, I know. You know what I mean? I that was just like a to beat that one is gonna be really hard. But we have a DCC I, in 12 months, and uh, Mo just said he's gonna pay for my after party. So you guys gotta be ready. My retirement party is gonna be amazing. Yes. <laughs> ADCC, where you're gonna be the new and improved Shanji. Yes. Physically, know, mentally, you're in a different place. I mean, but yeah, you know, just uh, have evolved, have dealt the main things. I'm considerably more of an athlete right now than I ever been. I has always been a fighter, and now I'm yeah. more of an athlete. Uh, I've been sober for 18 months. Uh, you know, I like you know I, I like drinking a beer and a wine, but to to achieve something different, I had to do something different. And then you know, just cutting alcohol. I love being lucid. I love being the crazy guy with no alcohol in my brain in the club. Uh, you know, just being lifting every day. I love moving every day. If I don't know what to do, I'm hinging. And pushing and pulling. Like, how are you doing today? I don't know. I'm hinging, pushing, and pulling. I, I literally wrote that in a message this morning. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I read that I a few hours wrote ago. That in a message this morning. And it's guys, if you know, because Kabir, I, I put Kabir's following some stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, Hey, I just kind of makeshift. I didn't have anything to do, Rose. So I, I used a bed sheet, uh-huh. I wrapped it up. And I'm like, Guys, Rose, a row, a push is a push. Intention is intention. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So just do it. It's human the, movement. Yeah, and, and I'm feeling good, man. Haven't haven't been great. I had I had a little problem with my back. I was doing a lot of things wrong. Like I said, thinking that I know what I was doing. I was overdoing things. I even didn't know there was such a muscle called multifidus. Multifidus. Yes. Now I know that guys. <laughs> that, that little sucker there. That little sucker there. They're gonna be so strong. I'm gonna pick some little boys up, throw them in the head, and so make Mo pay for my party. <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu school is opening. Six Blades Jiu-Jitsu in Austin, Texas by the end of July, July August, yes. around July, there. No, end of July for okay. sure. Awesome. Can't wait to see you guys there. It's a straight line. Dude, I'm I'm coming because I, I need to come spend some actual time where we get to play with more of these things. Yes. Come in. We have a lot of, lot of toys there. Yeah. A lot of toys sure. for you. Jeff, you got anything? Sean, I just appreciate it. Just to be able to sit in the room, listen to you guys talk, the the energy, man, it gets me fired up. I've been off the mats for a long time. I told you because of uh, an injury that I've had and you're going to share some knowledge with, with us tonight. And this is going to be the first time since I've been injured that I'll be back on the mats. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a, uh, in a, in a way, almost a little emotional for me to like, you know, when you get that injury, you've, you've gone through this recently, mm-hmm. actually, of, of you had to have surgery and all those things that you were documenting out on Instagram and all that. Mm-hmm. And so having to take a considerable amount of time off for a serious injury and uh, that, that moment, that first time you get to go back to doing this thing that you love um, is exciting. So I'm excited to, to go and at least uh, do, do what I can. I'm not 100% cleared, but at least to, to be back. And so I'm, I'm excited that this is the opportunity to do it and just get to have this conversation with you. Well, thank you guys for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to talk. I can talk this for another three days in a row. I don't care. We can make subjects. Be ready for landmark one, choosing trees and pose ones. That's what it's all about today. 
Heck yeah. You don't know what that is, but you're going to find well, out. We'll soon. do this again. We'll come down to Austin. Give you guys more. Shanji. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite people on this planet. And Thank you. you can give him a follow and make sure to get down to Austin, Texas and learn some jujitsu. It's all in the family. So get down there and do it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks.